What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Amatel Like a TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a jam-packed show for you this week here on a Monday, uh, August the 10th of the year, 2020. Um, got plenty of things to say as far as the sport of Major League Baseball is concerned. I'm going to touch on that Astros age, A's fight here in the monologue to begin uh, the program. Touch on you and Cespedes bailing out on the Mets. Uh, not opting out, he bailed on the miss. Touch on him. Uh, Giancarlo Stanton is on the is back on the disabled, or I should say, the injured list. But what else is no? Give you my thoughts on the Orioles, NBA uh, action down in the bubble. Give you my thoughts on that, and I got a little story regarding me graduating high school, which I did not this past Friday, but the Friday before that on July, I believe it was July. Uh, 31st. Yeah, so when I graduated high school on July 31st, gave you a nice little neat story about that, and uh, and you you guys will be into that, and away we go. Uh, I'll save the college. I'll save addressing college football and the Cardinals and with the issues with them with COVID. I'll save that for uh, this weekend's episode. I'll save it. I'll save it for later on. I won't do it this show, but if you want to hear my thoughts on that, I'll give you my thoughts on college football and Magic Baseball relating to COVID in the next episode. But first things first, I got to touch on the Houston Astros and the uh, Oakland A's. Uh, and it's the Oakland A's, first off, the Oakland A's swept the Houston Astros. They swept them all three games, weekend series out there in Oakland. At the uh, at the Coliseum, but the only reason why I'm bringing this up, and it's back to back episodes, I've had to bring up the Astros and a and a little brouhaha between two teams. Uh, it was Joe Kelly last episode this week. It's now uh, a it's now A's and Astros. Uh, good timing, right? You know, if I would if I would have been doing this on a Saturday, I wouldn't have this material. But anyway, A's outfitter Ramon Lariano uh, was hit by a pitch. He was hit. Um, I believe he was hit. Um, was hit more than once. He was hit twice in the ball game yesterday, and I. And then he was also hit earlier in the series, um, especially on uh, Saturday night. So he was getting beamed the entire game and took exception and took exception to it, as as he should. Because uh, as he should, because uh, you know you you can't. No one wants to get hit. In the in the back, you know, multiple times. I don't care. I don't want to hear and care what hit what his intention, what his intentions were, or anything else. Bottom line is, a player's a player's going to get pissed off if you uh, if you throw at him, especially in a in a in a, uh, in a weekend series. You know, back to back nights, they they decide to throw at him, and he got and he got through through he got excuse me got thrown at twice. And then when he's on first base, you had the hitting coach of the Astros who had the nerve to be to be John back and forth at Ramon Lariano. I mean, so if you think that Ramon Lariano's out of line, you lost because you know you sit there in the batter's box. I don't care if it was breaking ball. I don't care what it is. You get hit as many times in that series that as he did. You know you, you're going to get annoyed. 
especially if it's up towards the back around the shoulder blade you know because that that hurts you know i i know the you know i know the they have therapeutic beds and everything else but you mean to tell me that you know when he woke up this morning that 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 uh that didn't come back and uh, say, ooh, and he, when he wasn't wincing in pain when he got up this morning? I mean, come, in, come on. I mean, I mean, come, I mean it's, it's ridiculous with these Astros, okay? Now, I get now, I don't understand. This, the team, uh, first off, the team stinks, okay? The team stinks. They, they, they can't hit. They are, what's their record? They are in third, they are in second place by the hair of their chinny-chin-chin. They have not played well, and we've already, and be in, in a short season, you know, even though we've already played three weeks, that's a decent chunk of the schedule. They're six and nine, five and a half behind the A's. They have not played well. They've lost seven of their last ten. They don't win, they have, they've been atrocious on the road. They're three and six. They can't hit outside of Carlos Correa, who's hitting 345. Their other stars, outside of Correa and Guriel, they have not hit, okay? Uh, Jose Altuve is hitting 182. Uh, George Springer is hitting 182. I mean, Alex Bregman is hitting 219. This team, first, before I even get to the fight, the team has been awful this season. Awful. Now, I understand that, you know, they they have a, like a, in a, in a way, in theory, quote-unquote, they have a lousy schedule, and their division isn't all that great. It's really the Astros, and then the A's are always the little train that could and always finds a way to win ballgame. I understand that, but... Um, but it's August. But it's August tenth. You know, I know. In a regular year, three weeks into the season, we'll be like, okay, well, they have some time. In a shortened season, they have one, two, three, four, five, six. They got they got seven. They got about seven weeks left in the season, which can go by like that. And if they don't watch themselves, and if they don't find a way to get the train back on the tracks, no pun intended, their season's going to be lost. Now, I get it that the top two teams make it, make the postseason with the new rules and everything else. And I understand all that. But because it's 2020, wouldn't it be by the Astros' luck that, you know, after all that's gone on in a 60-game season, they fail to make the postseason and and a team like my Baltimore Orioles, for example, goes in their place. A's win the division, and they don't even sniff. They don't even sniff the postseason. I, I'm I'm just throwing it out there. Outside again, outside of Correa, Guriel, and Reddick, who's been okay, but outside, but the, their big stars Altuve, Springer, and Brigman. The else the only one the only superstar that's hitting is Correa, but Altuve, Springer, Bregman all cannot hit. Bregman is hitting is hitting is barely is below the Mendoza line by by point zero zero one. Altuve and Springer have an identical average of one eighty two. So uh, yeah, so they, they they have they've not hit whatsoever now whether it's because of the psyche because you know they they've realized that the target is on their back and that that they've got to basically that they realize that they're the enemy quote-unquote and it's kind of gotten to them and teams have gotten underneath their skin i guess or the fact that you know they have no cheating them maybe but for whatever the reason this team has not been able to hit and produce whatsoever okay they lost two or three against the diamondbacks on the road and they got swept 
like I said, in Oakland where they didn't where they can't where they did not hit. They scored two runs in game one, one run in game two, and two runs in game three on on Sunday. They 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 can't hit. They cannot hit. As far as the last three games are concerned, three out of the four big time stars cannot hit. Their pitch, their bullpen, and their pitching is 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 putrid to watch. Now I understand they got young guys and guys get, lose control, but I mean for it's you, this, this 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 rookie pitcher has to realize with the uh, Maldonado, whatever his name is, he 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 has to realize that with the and I get it, he was on the team in two thousand seventeen, but they have to realize that all it takes is is for one little hiccup with the Astros, you know. Uh, a high slide, and, you know, throwing a ball. That's, that's all it takes, and the team's going to take exception because it's not just the Dodgers that are pissed off at the fact that this team cheated. It's the entire. It's the other twenty nine teams. They haven't forgotten about that. But you know, if if if, you, if you're the Astros, you cannot under any circumstances have your dopey bench coach. Sitting out, coming out there, and instigating fights. Okay, I, I don't know what he was all upset about. Hey, you stand there in the batter's box and get beamed, you know, three, four times in a weekend, two in one game, and see how you feel, you know. And it wasn't like, and it was like it nicked them on the elbow or the jersey or anything like that. No, these are these are balls that are being planted right in his back, right, right on the nameplate of, of his uh, of his jersey. And I got and I got the and I got the and I got the bench coach sitting up here instigating and pick and picking fights. Really? Really? I got I got I got the bench coach of the huge of the excuse me, the hitting coach of the Houston Astros who's done it as far as this they've been terrible. Again, outside of of Correa and Guriel, their big time names have not hit. Altuve, Bregman, Springer. Springer is barely but is Springer or what is it either Springer or uh, or uh, Bregman one one of the two but uh, let's see yeah, no Breg Bregman is barely below the Mendoza line and the and Altuve and Springer are both you know identical hitting in the hitting in the low one eighties. And this is a team that's got World Series ambitions, and and you know, and when they're sitting up here getting their high parts kicked against the Oakland Athletics, a team that never does a thing in the postseason, I got their bench coach just in a, essentially jawing off at Luriano, who has every right to be pissed off at the fact that he's been nothing but a uh, but a target or a pinata since since the uh, since the series started, getting hit in the back, getting hit in the back. In uh, in back back at bats in the same game, and I got the hidden coach, who needs to focus more on making sure that their big time players, <clears throat> Altuve and Bregman, show up and show out and and do their job, and that is to hit, drive guys in, and put points on the board, and instead he's busy, you know, like he's uh, like he's uh. Jeff Lloyd in uh you know Yankees Yankees Orioles circa nineteen ninety eight and wants to, and wants to start and wants to start uh, picking fights. I mean really, really, when 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 your when your Astros organization isn't exactly 
a, 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 a clean, ran organization. And I got this guy picking fights. You know, and apparently he said something vile about the guy's mother. I, I, I could kill us what he said. The point is, he has no business jawing at him. Okay, you stand in there and get hit like that, and see, and 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 no Astros players got hit at all in this series. It was, it was five A's that got hit, no Astros, and three out of the, the, the ones that were hit were that Loriano. Two yesterday, and he got hit the other night. So again, getting hit like that, regardless of what the reason is, you really you really ain't got time for it. Because one, it hurts. Two, it's annoying. And three, it makes the team seem like that you're up to something. And the bench goes in up here, got the nerve to, you know, he he's supposed to be the elder statesman. is supposed to set a, an example and be a leader for the players that he coaches. And he's essentially acting like he's one of the, you know, acting like an immature player, and it starts to instigate in a fight. When when he's when he literally has when literally he knows good and well that if that if Luriano, which he did, charged towards the dugout, that it's basically gonna be, you know, forty against one. Or forty against two if you include the first base goals. But you get the idea. Not to mention corona and and not and ignoring the social distancing guidelines. But when he's ba- but when he's backed up by his literally his entire team sitting there in the dugout, he he thinks he wants to be Mr. Big, Mr. Tough Guy, and wants to start jawing at Lariano, basically daring him to, to for him to take him on when he's literally backed up by his entire freaking team. I mean, yeah, that, that that that's weak. You got to be honest. That that's weak and pathetic and very juvenile. Hitting coaches should be more worried. Should be more wrapped up. On why on why uh, Jose Altuve is hitting 182 this season, with an on base percentage of 260 and a slugging percentage of 348, instead of picking fights with instead of picking fights with with a player of the of the Oakland A's, Alex Cintron, grow up, play, huh? Worry worry about your team hitting. And and leave Lariano alone, please. Uh, that, that, that's that's a joke. Cause I'm telling you, cause you stood in the batter's box and was getting and getting beamed like that for no apparent reason, and the opponent never threw back at you. You'd be pissed too. And again, don't sit up here and be a pansy about it, and try to provoke him, knowing good and well that if what she you know, which he ended up doing. He taking a step against the dugout, you were gonna be backed up by thirty-five guys, and it was, and you know, it was just him. I mean, that that that's pathetic. It's really, really pathetic. And I'm telling, and I tell you something right now: if Major League Baseball is gonna sit up there and be finicky about it and suspend Lariano, and if they suspend, end up suspending, which I disagree with, but they end up, but if they end up suspending him more than they do any members of the Astros, especially that hitting coach that was involved in this, baseball should be ashamed of themselves. They gave eight, they gave Joe Kelly eight games when they when they did nothing but let the Astros players off the hook, so to speak, leaving the pitchers free to uh, giving the pitchers the green light, like I said a thousand times, to seek their own form of retribution. They seek their own form of retribution. Baseball doesn't like it. They give Joe Kelly eight games. So they better not screw up on this punishment like they did 
with Kelly. Because, yeah, you can say, well, he's the one that went over there and charged. Well, yeah, well, maybe if the hitting coach could have kept his big fat mouth shut, Luriana would have had nothing to charge their dugout about. He, he instigated the whole thing, plain and simple. And you'd be annoyed, too, if you were sitting up there in the batter's box and was getting thrown at like he was in that series. You know, the, 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 the little train that could Oakland A's apparently got under the Astros' skin this weekend. And if you're an Astros fan, that has to be alarming to you because it looks like that this team, on top of the fact that their big stars once outside of Correa haven't, haven't hit this season, if you're an Astros fan with you know with some object objectivity here that ha that has to scare you and it has to uh, alarm you cuz i know top 2 teams make the playoffs but my gosh i mean it, it, even though top 2 teams make it you're not guaranteed a playoff spot because you're the Houston Astros let's be fair take a break come right back i'll get to Cespedes stand on the DL and my Orioles more baseball talk right after this Welcome back to the Amatel Like a T.I.S. podcast. Switching gears, well not switching gears, staying with the baseball, but uh, the Empire State of Mind as we head two to two teams playing in the great city of New York um, with the Mets. I'm not going to touch on the Mets in specifically, but I'll touch on who the Mets have actually played well as of late, and can believe it or not. They're such a fluky team, but... Uh, Yolanda Cespedes, their outfielder who they are playing, who they are, at least were paying an arm and a leg uh, for them to play, for them to play ball for him uh, last Sunday against, you know, when they were in Phil not Philadelphia, when they were in Atlanta playing the Atlanta Braves, um, there was a note, there was like a, the Mets sent a press release statement out saying that yo yo and Cespedes is missing, basically giving the idea for fans and people like me to assume the worst. You know, did something happened to him? Was he killed? Was he kidnapped? Or the, you know, and and essentially this and essentially all it was that the, was the fact that the Mets couldn't find him because he he packed up his bags and essentially dipped on the team. And told his agent to tell the told his agent to tell the Mets, you know that that he was opting out, citing coronavirus concerns, which again I don't, which no nobody buys. Okay, look, we all get it that if you decide to opt out, we're not just baseball, but any of these professional athletes, if you no one's gonna say boo or give these guys grief if they decide to opt out because of the virus you know if they got families pre-existing no one's going to say that 
you know, and no one should kill or rip any professional athlete for opting out because of the virus. But that's where the line's drawn. Yoannis Cespedes not opt out, okay? He not opt out. He quit. He quit on the Mets. There's no other way to put it. He did not opt out. He did not know. He quit on the Mets. And the difference is, is that when a player opted out, I'll get Mark, uh, Marcus Stroman, his teammate, for a perfect example, of the Mets, he opted out. But you know what he did? Contacted the manager, GM, owner, whatever. Media, it was like, you know what? I opt out, which is fine. Okay? When you opt out, you don't, you know, he did, He didn't even opt out. He quit on the team. He basically said, screw his, screw his teammates, screw the owner, screw the GM, his ex-agent, Brody Van Wagenen, screw, screw the Mets manager, and, and packed up his bags and got, out, and got out, out of Atlanta. And basically played telephone and made his agent, to te made his agent tell the Mets, you know, Yolanda Suspidus is out, 2020. Which, which is a joke. Because, you know, opting out is one thing. He what Cespedes did is that he knew, he saw that the team is play, is 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 uh was at the time was playing poorly, most likely they're not going to make it to the playoffs, and he said, well, why bother sticking around for this nonsense? I'll use the Corona excuse, and and I and I'll dip, and I'll go back to my ranch where I was where I was gorded in the ass by a uh, by a wild boar. So he denied. He did not opt out. The man quit, plain and simple, cut and dry. Case closed. Can't defend it. He quit on the Mets. He quit on his teammates. He quit on the team. He quit on the fans. Quit on his manager. Quit on his. Quit on everybody. The idea that, that is COVID nonsense. Okay, this is a guy that essentially played his first game with the team since 2018. Did not play not one game. He first of all, he never plays. He didn't play at all in 2019. He played 81 games with the Mets in 2017. Played 57, and he was traded. But so I'll count that out. I apologize. But you know he he didn't play at all in 2019. 2017 he only played half the season. You know 2015 the first run of the game you forget was Alcides Escobar inside the park home run because Cespedes couldn't field the ball properly out there in left field. You know this. This is you know he, you know he he is he's a he's an odd duck. Suspicious, you know, and and he's farting around on his ranch. You know, he's farting around on his ranch with, with the with the getting gored by by a wild boar. You know, he he injured himself when he went golfing with he he went golfing with. Remember that time he went golfing with Kevin Millar. Uh, when they played, when they played the Yankees about a few years ago, and then played in the game later that night, and 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 basically hurt and hurt himself in his first or one his first one first or second at bat of the game, he swung and he hurt himself, and that and that was a major mess. I mean, uh, on and on and on with Cespedes. Like he, he he never plays, always injured, always a reason. Meanwhile, he's having his hand out with the Wilpons collecting that check. So he, he, he opted out. He used Corona as an excuse 
to I, I don't know what what his uh what what his um what his what his motive was outside of the fact that you know the team's thinks I don't want to be bothered with this I'll go take my happy hips down back to my ranch I don't know what it but he used Corona as an excuse and he quit on his team you know when 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 you tell your boss you, you don't go to work even if you're not quitting if your boss is giving you an option to basically take some time off or something like that for for value or even just to quit in general which he did you always 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 tell your boss you tell your boss you tell your supervisor and if you want to depending on how close you are with them you tell the people that you work with you know hey you know i'm it that's it i'm out you know how how would how the people that you know i work at I didn't work. I didn't work here this summer. Uh, this summer because of the pandemic. But how, but how would uh, how would my boss, the great man that he is, Mr. Rick Baston, Bastinelli, the head of Centric Business Systems up here in the DMV area, how would how would he like it if you know I had to I had to take the month of July off because I had to take care of uh, situations with SATs and colleges and all that sort of stuff. How how would how would he like it if uh, if on June 30th or whatever the last Friday of June was how would he like it if I if I just you know went you know went to work went about my business went about my day you know and basically acted like that I was basically going to see him on Monday and and simply and when when that Monday came not show up and you know and my stuff's all packed up not that I have anything there per se, but you know, make get myself organized, make sure that I don't leave anything that I would have to come back from, and and then and then oh and oh by the way, tell my uh, tell my uncle who's uh, who's good friends with uh, with with the with the uh, with my boss up at Centric. Tell him tell him to tell my uncle to tell tell the boss. You know what? That's it. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm done. I, I gotta go take care of some stuff for SAT for college for school. Hi, you, you, you think you think that he would accept that, and you think that that he would let me get away with that, and and that would fly with him? Not, a, not a chance. Not a chance. But you know what? You know what I did? You know, I, I didn't tell him. I didn't tell my supervisor. I didn't, I didn't even tell any of my coworkers. I just. You know, hung them out to dry, thinking that they were going to see me the next day when I knew good and well that it, that it was it, that I was that I was going to come back. If if I would have did that, my home boss would. Meanwhile, still expect, still expecting to collect the check with my hand out. If I would have did that, I would have gotten the pink slip and would have been f- fired so freaking fast, would have made your head spin. Now, granted, that's a part-time job. Baseball is full-time, but you get the idea. You don't basically quit. You don't quit your job and don't tell your boss or tell or at least have the common courtesy to at least tell the people that you work with. You don't do that. Not in whether it's professional sports or just a regular job like you know, like like the common man, the common woman has, sitting in a cubicle. You know, working at a grocery store, car dealership, whatever it might be. Lawyer, doctor, doesn't make any difference. You don't quit. Or when you have an option to opt out of something, opt out without telling anybody. That's that's disrespectful. It's not courteous. And it's not, um, and it's just not right or fair to the people that you work with and your employer. 
So, again, never plays, always finicky injuries, you know, did one thing, and that was hit the home run to win to win the Mets the game when De, when DeGrom pitched on opening day at City Field against the Braves, and they won one nothing. He hit his home run on opening day and said, you know what, there's enough baseball for me, you guys. You know what, I'm out. But that that that's a, that that's a joke. And then Cespedes never play again. Again, always injured to and too much of a headache, and not that great of an outfielder either. Again, go watch Game One, 2015, where he's kicking the ball all over the place with Alcides Escobar's inside the park home run in Game One and two in the 2015 World Series. Yeah, but he'll but he'll never play again. But we say goodnight to you in Cespedes. Uh, Stanton, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, the New York Yankees goes on the IL again. Big surprise. Um, this, you know, with with uh, with an issue with his hamstring. You know, th- this is a guy that I don't know what his issue is. My my theory, my theory is the fact that the that the guy and I get it. You know, no one wants to look like a uh, you know look like Gumby. Or wants to be, you know, be a string bean and have small, small muscles and be all, you know, and not. I uh, so I understand. I get that and I understand all that. But for the, but for the love of all that is holy, guy. For the love of all that's holy, the, these baseball players, especially especially the big tall ones, they have to realize that you essentially now he's played well this season. He has he's hit two ninety three with three home runs and seven RBIs. So he's not he's not, he's not been bad, you know. And, and you know and it looks and he played very well in that opening series against the Nationals. So it's not like that he's been terrible, but Gary Sanchez has been terrible, but. You know, stay, you you paying Stanton all this money, you got you got to stay on the field. I, I mean, I mean, my goodness, great. They he can't stay on the field 162 game season. He can't stay on the field in a 60 game season. I mean, every single time you turn around, it's an injury with Stanton. You know, every single time. And again, it's not like that he. You know, he, it's not like that he's had broken bones or fractures or something that's required surgery. He's been on DL because 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 of stuff involving his muscles, you know, strains, pulls, tears, you know, stuff that stuff that's involving his muscles, you know. And when you're and when I I don't know how tall he is, I can look it up, but you know when you're when you're Giancarlo Stanton, who's essentially uh, who who's built like an NFL wide receiver. And who's as muscular and 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 and, and bulky and and uh, as the I guess the ladies would call him thick. You you can't sit up there and you know he's six six weighs two forty five. You can't you know baseball. I understand he wants to hit the ball far when he makes contact with it, but if I'm standing, I gotta be like you know what, me essentially walking around looking like. Uh, you know, looking like a football player or a, or a small forty NBA is not going to cut it. If I want to a uh, produce and play on the field and b stay on the field long enough for me to produce, getting paid twenty five million a year that mega contract that Doug Jeter is sharing with uh, with uh, Cashman and the Steinbrenners, he six six playing in New York City. You gotta again not a bad player when he's on. 
But my goodness, the guy has to stay on the field. He's always, always injured. And again, it's not something that requires surgery, no broken bones, you know. Judge was unfortunate and got hit, and I believe, uh, I think he fractured his wrist or his, or his forearm or something. I understand that stuff like that happens. It's unfortunate stuff like that happens. You know, Stanton hasn't had an injury where, you know, involving essentially, what I'm trying to say, involving bone structure. It's all been stuff relating relating to his muscles because he's just such a, a a big, bulky, strong man playing where you're playing the sport of baseball really doesn't do you any favors. You know, don't get me wrong. It's good to be be a baseball player and have muscle on, but it does you no favors when you're that tall, that big, and that muscular, and and it, it just does you no favors. Because you know, because you know, you 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 walk, you run, you swing one way, and you know it's a muscle pull or a muscle tear. Because he's got so many you know muscles essentially popping out of his body that the sport of the sport of baseball is really you you know you're really not meant to be built like that and to play and to play the game, which is why he and Judge for that matter is always hurt. No. No one says that Mike Trout's a weakling, but Mike Trout doesn't exactly, you know, when he walks on the field, you don't look, well, Mike Trout looks like a football player. You know, because when it comes to certain sports, there's certain bodies, body types that you have to, that, that you have, to have if you want to be as uh, successful as possible. You know, uh, uh, Rob Gronkowski can't, can't walk onto the football field, you know, looking like uh, Justin Tucker. And Justin Tucker can't go out onto the football field and kick for the Ravens, built like uh, built like Aaron Donald. You know, when when you play certain sports in certain positions, your body you have to build your body in a certain way that fits that position. There's a reason why Joe Thomas, you know, was was it was for lack of a better word, fat. When he was an offensive lineman for the Browns, and then when he retired, he slimmed down. Joe Tom, if Joe Thomas ever wanted to make a comeback, he'd have to eat. He'd have to eat thousands and thousands of calories a day because because that because the body type of being strong, even you know he's he's, he's muscular, but being strong, but being t- tall and skinny does you no favors. And he, you know, I'm tall and skinny, but he's he's tall and skinny the way you want to be tall and skinny. But you get the idea. He knows that being tall and skinny and trying to be an offensive lineman does you no favors. Especially, especially when it comes to uh, you do yourself no favors. Taking all that punishment and it go, you know, there's no there's no fat. It literally it's just muscle and and bones that it's just going to. So when you play certain positions, you can't. You know, I like Judges Stanton, who who are in the outfield. You know, Chris Davis. You know, he he plays he plays first base. Judges Stanton are out there. You know, running back and forth in the outfield, having to having to stretch to make to make catches and 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 and, and jump over the wall to, to rob home runs and and dive and slide and all that sort of stuff. You know, the 
you know, unless they want to commit to being full-time DHs or one of them decides to take up first base, you can't be tall and, and as bulky and muscular as those two guys are and expect to stay on the field. And I don't know why someone within their uh, within their little corner of the world hasn't told them that. Like, Stan, honest, uh, I, if I'm in Stanton Circle, I'd be like, Stan, honestly, my dude, you're, you know, you're, I, I, no one's going to question the fact that you're strong and everything. But you've got it. But you've got to, you got to, you got to do more, more or less. Uh, you know, f- find something. But in the maybe maybe not lift every day is probably the best way to explain it. Maybe maybe not lift every day. You know, because because the baseball body is not meant to be. You know, you're not you're not supposed to look like a football. You know, look like a. Uh, a, a tight end or a wide receiver or, or a defensive end or a linebacker and expect to play football, excuse me, expect to play a position such as the outfield and uh, and, and not get injured. You know, look look at the game's all-time greatest outfielders. You know, out, you know they weren't they weren't all bulky and muscular. Look at Ken Griffey Jr., even though he hit over 600 whatever it was, 660, whatever. Even though he hit over 600 home runs, Ken Griffey Jr. did not look like a football player. Look, look, look at Willie, you know. I go back to Trout, look at him. Sure, sure he's, he's a strong man. He doesn't have twigs for arms, but he isn't built like a football player the way Stanton and Judge are. And you notice Stanton and Judge are the only are the two players that are always hurt. Because you can't, because certain sports, because, you know, certain sports, you can't have that body type that they have and expect and expect either for your play to be lackluster or for your body to pay the price. Because baseball, it's more or less about your hand-eye coordination and quick wrists than it is necessarily about how much you bench press. You know, if you, if you make good contact on the ball, the ball will go. You know, they they play in a bandbox of, of a stadium as it is. You know, you make contact with the ball, the ball will go. You know, Babe Ruth, one of the greatest power hitters of all time. You know, Babe Babe Ruth was not was not a uh, was not a bodybuilder. You know, he he was he was he was just a big guy. They liked to eat a lot. That when he hit the ball, it went far. So. I I don't know what's but you got to stay on the field, especially when he's playing as well as he has. And the Yankees have it looks like they've cooled off a bit. You know, I think they lost yeah losing two out of three against uh, against uh, the Tampa Bay Rays down down at the Trop. So you can't so you can't you know and we're and we're starting to get into the I guess you can say the the quote unquote thick of the season. If Sanchez can't hit, and they've cooled off a bit, and you don't want and you don't want uh, Stanton going on to DL, especially when he's played well to begin the season. You don't you don't want that. Last thing, then I'll take a break and I'll come right back and talk NBA. Orioles are a weird team. Uh, you know they got they swept the Tampa Bay Rays last weekend. And then they, and then the Miami Marlins come to town, who at the time hadn't played a game in 12, 13 days, with a team of bunch of minor leaguers, and essentially vomited all over themselves. 
They could not hit. They couldn't hit their way out of a paper bag if their lives depended on it. They let me read you these. So they lost four. They lost four nothing last Tuesday night. Lost four nothing last Tuesday night. Got shut out one nothing on Wednesday night and lost eight seven. So, for, so in two games they two games they could barely put up a run, and then in two games Thursday against the Marlins, which they ended up losing, and then Friday night against the World Series champion Washington Nationals, literally going from one extreme to the other, the worst of the pack to last year's champion on the road, you know, down the Beltway, and they combined for eighteen runs. But in the first two games at home in their own building, they could they could they they couldn't hit with runners in scoring position. Were terrible hitting with two outs, and they and in two games they couldn't come they couldn't score. But they they didn't score anything in two games. They combined for zero runs on Tuesday, last Tuesday and Wednesday. But last Thursday and Friday they combined for for eighteen runs, even though they lost against the Marlins. But they combined for eighteen runs. They, you know, they, they, they embarrassed themselves against the Marlins. Again, a team that played 13 games, a team that played thir- the team that hadn't played in 13 game- days because of Corona, in their own building, so they didn't have to worry about traveling or anything, and against a team with essentially a, a minor league lineup, and yet they go into Washington, D.C., and were en route to sweeping the uh, World Series champion Nationals, until the until the rain hit, which I did not know because I was outside doing yard work, you know, for about 45 minutes to an hour. And I mean to tell you, I swear on a stack of Bibles, it was crystal clear, sunny skies. I live, you know, I live uh, about an hour drive away from Nationals Park, up out, you know, up outside the city of uh, Baltimore. And there was not a cloud in the sky. And I'm sitting here looking at my phone and wondering why I'm getting... Twitter notifications, you know, because I have the alerts on for the Orioles, and I was wondering why I was wondering why I hadn't gotten one yet for the final for the Orioles, and why I haven't gotten like an ESPN end of six, you know, close game late. I hadn't, I was wondering why I hadn't gotten any of those yet. And I'm sitting here looking, and the Orioles are doing a little Connect Four game that they have, that the Orioles account has with the Mass and Orioles account. And I've known, you know, in the first whatever it might be, a few weeks of season, that when that happens, there's typically a rain delay. So I go down and look, and look at the game, you know, look at the thing on my phone, and the game's delayed. And then I, you know, so I put it back, and so I put my phone back. I finished doing what I'm doing out in the yard. And I said, well, they'll they'll end up, you know, they'll resume, they'll finish again, they'll win the game, whatever. And that's after they had a five-run inning and knocked Steven Strasburg out, and had a five-run top of the fifth inning, and went on top uh, five nothing against them too. And Steven Strasburg's season debut, they you know, on World Series champion Steven Strasburg, they score five in the fifth inning and knock him out. And so so I come back in. And then I see that the game's suspended. And I'm like, well, why is the game suspended? You know, and if the weather's that bad, how come it isn't raining up here? Lo and behold, the, the incompetent members of the of the Washington Nationals grounds crew uh, essentially don't. It was their first day on the job, not knowing how to work a tarp, and they forgot that when you roll out the tarp, you be essentially have to pin. You basically somebody has to put their foot down on uh, on the on the end piece of the tarp so they can cleanly roll out the tarp and be in a position to put it back 
uh, and not put it back, but put it on the field, um, you know, for the rain delay. Well, it took so much time, and the fact that the, that the tarp essentially got tangled up on the little rolly thing, that the field was essentially a, 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 a mud bath uh, by, the, by the time they got the tarp situated. So, essentially, there's a rule, MOB rule 412, where the game has to be suspended and it has to be finished regardless if it's, if it's the rule if the home team's up after four and, uh, and two-thirds of an inning or the, or the road team by five innings. And they have to essentially finish playing the game because of the rule that's in place, Rule 412, that the team has to uh, that the game has to continue due to the fault of the home team's maintenance. So, and that's the story with uh, with the Warriors and Nationals. They'll make that game up when the Nationals come to Baltimore on Friday, the 14th at five o'clock. Orioles up for two, top of the sixth inning. Come right back. I got NBA bubble action to tell you guys and to talk to you guys about. Excuse the noise in the background. If you heard it, that's the blender going on downstairs. So I apologize for that. I got no door here in Studio J. And I got the fan, you know, space fan going because it's hot as Hades up here. It was 90-something degrees here uh, in, uh, outside of Baltimore today. So if you hear a little whoosh noise in the background, I apologize for that. And, of course, the blender that's downstairs going on in the background. But take a break. Come right back. This is the Amatelic and TIS podcast. I just read this Bob Hope biography. There's no reading in the summer. At the Bab Chicks, it's not allowed. Grab your baseball glove. But daddy's on the bowl making brown. You could babysit and watch the baby While mommy makes daddy's parts blue But no education now You can learn one day soon There's no reading in the summer How about back check with what is wife and baby in for goodness sakes The upward trajectory what a job with Evan Cohen. I don't know what Babs are up to right now. We're working with little Billy Babs, the new baby. They love getting away from that little baby of his, little Billy Babs. There's no reading in the summer. I'll bury the books in the ground. No days on. Watch a Netflix marathon. You will learn eventually, maybe. Just go on YouTube. Get daddy up here now to celebrate graduating homeschool. There's no reading in the summer. There is indeed no reading in the summer. Uh, that song, courtesy of uh, Mike Babchick and the great foul Joel Nahara of the Foul Nation, Sirius XM, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Morning Men. You can listen to their program. My buddy Mike Babchick and Evan Cohen, who was on the show not too long ago, uh, host every weekday morning from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern on Sirius XM Mad Dog Sports Radio. That's uh, a Mike Babchick special with the uh, with the Calvin Harris summer parody. There's no reading in the summer. Uh, switching gears to uh, the National Basketball Association and what's going on in the bowl. I haven't talked about it yet, um, and I'll bring it up right now. Um, why in the and I brought up Zion a little bit last episode, but I'll go more in depth here this week. 
Um, first off, as far as the st- as far as the playoff picture is concerned, to get yourself uh, organized right here with the eighth seed. Um, the eight seeds are set: the, the Wizards, Bulls, Hornets. Those those or 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 the Wizards, excuse me. None, none of the other teams showed went to the bubble, but the Wizards were eliminated. Um, are eliminated from playoff contention. The team that currently holds the eighth seed is the thirty-two and thirty-nine. That, you know, the problem with the NBA is that you know with these eight with these eight seeds that they got two two teams sitting there with below five hundred records. You have the Nets at thirty-four and thirty-six. Excuse me, with a winning percentage of four eighty-six. And the Magic sitting there at thirty-two and thirty-nine with a winning percentage of four fifty-one, um, with the, occupying the seventh and the eighth seed. The seventy-sixers are have the sixth seed at forty-two and twenty-eight. Uh, the Pacers have the fifth seed at forty-three and twenty-seven, as do the Heat. Um, and the Celtics have the third seed, uh, forty-seven and twenty-three. And the Raptors, four games behind Milwaukee. For the top spot in the Eastern Conference at fifty and nineteen, and Milwaukee best team in the in the NBA at fifty five and fifteen. West is a little bit more interesting. Um, Pelicans were were officially eliminated with the uh, with the Blazers win la- uh, with the Blazers win last night um, on Sunday. They are they are officially eliminated. So once the regular season is once this regular season restart period in the bubble is over, they will the members of the New Orleans Pelicans will head home. Um, but the West is where it's interesting. Eighth seed is still up for grabs between the four between four teams: the Grizzlies, the Trailblazers, the Suns, and the Spurs. Spurs are thirty one and thirty eight, um, a game behind Memphis. For uh, a game behind Memphis, they're the same. They're the same. They're identical in the loss column, um, but they are a game behind Memphis for uh, for that eighth seed. Uh, the Suns are thirty-two and thirty-nine. They are in the same situation the Spurs are in. The Trailblazers, who got a, who got, I'll get to Damian Lillard, Lillard in a minute. Um, they are thirty-three and thirty-nine, and they are a half a game out of that eighth seeded spot. Currently occupied by the Memphis Grizzlies, who are thirty-three and thirty-eight. Mavericks, um, Mavericks have a nice cushion in this with uh, with the seventh seed at thirty at forty-three and thirty. Jazz forty-three and twenty-eight with the sixth seed. Thunder at the fifth seed at forty-three and twenty-seven. Rockets at forty-four and twenty-five. Uh, Nuggets at forty-six and twenty-four, and Clippers at forty-seven and twenty-three. And they have, and the Lakers have a four and a half game advantage against their inner city rival Clippers by four and a half games with a record of fifty one and eighteen. Uh, the top three spots in the West still undecided yet. The Nuggets only five and a half games behind the Lakers for that top spot in uh, in the Western Conference. Um, the the um, excuse me, the Nuggets, the Rockets have clinched. Uh, their divisions, all the other teams, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Thunder, Jazz, Mavericks, the the spots uh, spots five, six, and seven, and one and two are still up for grabs. So as of right now, there are no division winners as far as those teams are concerned. But the Nuggets and the Rockets both have locked up their uh, respective 
division. So that's where you stand where the playoff picture is concerned. Let's get to a couple games or a couple of storylines right quick. Damian Lillard went off against uh, the 76ers on Sunday night, uh, scoring, fi- scoring 51 um, scoring 51 points, uh, scoring 51 points up against the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid non-existent in the game, but what? But what else is new? Um, and just what a phenomenal f- performance by Damian Lillard, who you know who ba- who essentially brought the uh, who who uh, who brought who took who rose the uh, blazes from the dead, so to speak. And essentially put this team. I tell you something right now. Damian Lillard can play can play on my team any day of the week. You know he's not like these other guys that go ring chasing and, and you know I don't care what city they plays in, what they play in, or whatever the case might be. Damian Lillard, I you know he likes being in Portland. Son, I give him major props for that. You know in a in an NBA that's that's always player movement and, and you know, players not exactly being loyal to an organization, a team, or a city, or the fan base. You got to give Damian Lillard credit. You know, he stays put with the Trailblazers and finds a way to get it done. Went off last night, 51 points, had three rebounds, seven assists, two steals in the game. I mean, what what a phenomenal performance. I mean, you want to talk about putting, putting your team putting your team on its back. You know, Carmelo Anthony was second in scoring with 20 points for the Trailblazers. But you want to talk about putting a team on on your back and taking them home uh, as they beat the 76ers in a 124-121 victory. Joel Embiid played six minutes, two points. Again, like I said, Joel Embiid not showing up. uh, You know, he can cry all the crocodile tears. Until and you can cry enough tears to the point where it, where it fills up, uh, you know where where it uh, to the point where it fills up uh, the uh, the watering hole in the middle of the Sahara Desert. But you know no one's going to care about Joel Embiid, you know, Crimea River against uh, in Game Seven against against the Raptors when Kawhi Leonard hit that game winning three on Mother's Day of May of last year. You know, he can cry all the tears in the world when the point when the fact of the matter of it is that you were that you're supposed to be one of the top ten players in the NBA and you're you know, and there's always a reason, always an excuse why you're not on the basketball court performing. I mean, you know, it's just it's 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 you know, you shouldn't have to rely you shouldn't have to rely on guys like Josh Richardson, excuse me, to score 34 points to uh, to essentially uh, outplay pace for pace Damian Lillard. You know, I know he's a center and it's and it's a guard league, especially now in the NBA. But I mean, but I mean, come Embiid. What it hurts you got on the field and play? Okay, it's it's uh, you know he and he's not playing as of tonight. On uh, on August the tenth because of an ankle injury, but I mean, come on, you know, you got you got he had all this time to get your little injury, your fluky injuries out your system. It's go time, okay? You're forty two twenty eight. One of the best teams, the Eastern Conference. It's bubble time. You had four months off, you know. Let let's go, you know. It's just time. It's, it's big boys now, you know. We, we quit quit farting around and making up excuses. Uh uh-uh. uh 
you know, and then I had the same argument, you know, what I like I had last week with Zion. You know, they sent up here. The NBA went out their way to make sure that the Pelicans played in this bubble ordeal, and 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 the Pelicans, for whatever the reason, never played him. You know, he's not Kareem. You know, in 1987, 1988, you know, barely hustling up and down the court. Who's who's played? Who's played 15 seasons? He's he's not Kareem. Okay, the the guy, the kid's 20. He's two years older than me. He's 20 years old. You know. And I, I mean, with with the injuries, come on, y'all, professional athletes. I got more money. You can shake a stick at. You can hire trainers, dietitians, personal doctors. Look, y'all have all the resources. Quit making excuses and find a way to get it done and get your hot balls on the court. You had four months off. NBA went out went, went out of their way to make sure that you played in this bubble ordeal and Zion didn't play. Same thing with with Embiid. I understand he's injury prone. But I mean, Jay was, you know, he was in and out in that series against the Raptors because, you know, with the this is pre-COVID, so it wasn't like it was, you know, bouncing around with COVID, you know, with 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 the sniffles in the middle of May, and you know, and he and he and he and he never plays. Every excuse in the world why he never plays, and and he and he wonders why he got walked off the court on that uh, Mother's Day evening. Back in May of last year, with Kawhi Leonard making the game winning three, and I got and I got to deal with him crying like 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 his uh like like his dog died into the into the arms of his uh, four foot eleven girlfriend, like like you know like uh, like so, like he just lost lost your best friend. Come on, really? And beat you that touched? You know what? I mean, for, for crying out for crying out, Jordan played with with food poisoning against Utah. Okay, come on. Dre West went out there and played with two broken thumbs. Will Chamberlain went out there and and made and made two baskets with a torn bicep. Come on. Well, you, you, you think you're the only guy out there in the history of basketball to go out to have an injury? Come on. Again, did did you watch the last dance? Jordan went out there and played. With food poisoning, vomiting all over the place, high fever, was a mess, and went out there and torched Utah. Any any little bugaboo with MB, the guy, ne- the kid never plays. But yet, but, yet, but he doesn't like the feeling of when it, you know, when when it's when the opposition stakes uh, stakes the dagger in his heart. I, you know him crying like someone stole his puppy. I mean, come on, Embiid, grow up, show some balls, and get out of get out of the court and play. Will you please? Gee whiz. Anyway, NBA should be very interesting. To you know, it's a bunch of mediocrity. You know, so it's interesting to see who who will get that eighth spot. You know, uh, who who will get that eighth spot. You know, Phoenix. Beat uh beat Oklahoma City one twenty eight to one twenty one earlier today, um so you know so it's it's I gotta admit you know they're fighting for mediocrity, you know these team you know these teams fighting for the eighth spot in the uh, in the Western Conference, odds are, are not going to uh in, in a best of seven series unless it's the Trailblazers which you know and you saw what Damian Lillard did to the Thunder. Back in uh, last year's NBA playoffs, but you know the the you know the the Suns, the Spurs, 
they they go up against the they go up the, against the Clippers and the Lakers in a best of seven playoff series and they're not winning. So it's I know it's a it's a fight for mediocrity, but you know and the Mavericks took care of business or excuse me they yeah the Mavericks took care of business one twenty two to one fourteen against Utah, but you know it's just a scramble for mediocrity for eighth spot. Um, Zion is out of this, so like that big superstar outside of Damian Lillard, that big superstar is gone. You know, I know you have uh, Luka Doncic with uh, with Dallas, but they're sitting there right now, currently with the seventh seed. But um, you know, so again, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out in the bubble. Um, the Eastern the Eastern Conference is pretty much uh, wrapped up. You know, by some miracle, the Raptors could take the top spot over the Bucks. But it requires some work, you know, four and a half games out. And these two are playing head-to-head right now. And as of 9, and as of 8.36 on a Monday night, uh, with 9.41 in the fourth quarter, the Bucks are down 20 against the Raptors uh, 97-77. So, you know, it could happen, you know. And if the Raptors take care of business, in this game, you know, it could it could help their chances of getting that number one seed, but the the East it's all taken care of. The West is where all the uh, is where all the drama is. Who gets the top two seed? The Clippers or the Lakers? Um, and then of course, uh, and then and then uh, seeds five through, and then of course seeds five through uh, five through eight are up for grabs. And uh, who gets the four? Who gets the four seed? Uh, fourth or the fifth between the Rockets and the Thunder? Who gets the five and the six between the Thunder and the Jazz? Uh, you know, and then of course seven and eight, or well, the seventh seed is is pretty, it's decided with Dallas. But seeds, uh, but you can make the seeds four through six and eight are up for grabs, along with seeds one and two. Seeds, uh, seeds, um, you know, uh, the, the, um, the, uh, the jazz, the jazz is, is, excuse me, not the jazz, the seventh seed is already, you know, it, it's, it's between the, it's between the Mavericks and, and the jazz for the sixth seed, but, you know, but we're, all the drama is who gets the eighth seed and if the Clippers can catch the Lakers for the one. That's where it is. That's where it is. Pelicans are, you know, good night for the Pelicans, but uh, that's that's where all the drama is. And and I and I watched that Lakers Rockets game. I forget what night it was. It might have been. It was. It was. I think it was Thursday night, if I'm not mistaken. I watched that. I watched that. Uh, that Rockets. Yes, it was. It was Thursday night. That I the Rockets and the Lakers on a Thursday night. I tell you, the the Lakers without LeBron were very, 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 very sloppy. Very sloppy. You know, Anthony Davis did the best he could. He played thirty minutes, put up seventeen points. Kyle Kuzma put up twenty one. But you know, the, they their 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 bench is 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 is, is terrible. You know, Dwight Howard playing twenty minutes, putting up eight points, it's not gonna do it. Uh you know, J.R. Smith thirteen points. you know, so if they would have gotten if they were here's the problem with the if they would have gotten J.R. at an earlier point in the season, 
maybe Jr. would have had time to gel, you know, with with LeBron again and his teammates. But it's but it's like you know they you know they bring all you know they brought Jr. in here and it's you know it's and it's like a plug that you gotta make it you gotta force it to fit because you're in such a rush because you're in the middle of a uh, of a uh, well, not a pennant chase as a baseball term, but you're in the middle of a playoff push to hold on for that number one seed in the Western Conference. But LeBron did not play. That 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 team that team is uh, whew, without LeBron, that team is in some trouble. I mean, they were sloppy offense. They were sloppy offensively in transition, turning over the ball all over, turning over the ball all over the place. You know, Anthony Davis turned the ball over seven times. Uh, Dwight Howard turned it over six. I mean, they were they were sloppy all over the place. Defense, the Rockets are taking wide open shots, open threes. Nobody, you know, James Harden was all by himself driving into the paint. James Harden had a freaking field day against them. Uh, put up thirty nine point, put up thirty nine points with twelve assists and eight rebounds. I mean, and, you know, you you'd be worried if you're the Lakers. You know, and and Barkley brought that up on the inside the NBA after the game. Uh, you know, he he said he said he might he said he's gonna take he'd take the Clippers if I heard him correct. He said he'd take the Clippers. You know, because LeBron, because you know LeBron, thirty five years of age and having to handle Paul George and then plus the threat of Kawhi on the other side. I t- I still take the Lakers over the Clippers in a best of us in a best of seven series, but I'm telling you right now. The the Clippers will will push LeBron to the edge in that series. If whenever we get Lakers Clippers in the playoffs, I don't know when that will be. But if we get get them in the playoffs in you know September in, in September early October, whenever, no not early October, we'd have the NBA Finals in early October. But if we get Lakers and Rockets in September in the playoffs, I'm telling you something right now. The or excuse me, the Lakers. That's a Lakers Rockets. I meant Lakers and Clippers. If we get Lakers and Clippers in September in the playoffs, I'm telling you right now, the Clippers will push the Lakers to the edge. And and the thing that would hurt the Lakers the most is if they don't play them in a conference final, to the point where the Lakers basically have to have to claw their way to beat the Clippers. And LeBron, 35 years of age, who's been at this point been playing, you know, who's been playing hard, you know, giving us 110 percent since mid late July, and you wonder with being 35 years, you know, being his mid 30s to have uh, forms of fatigue going up against young whippersnappers, for lack of a better word, in Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. So it'll be, but they were very sloppy against against the Rockets on on Thursday night. Very sloppy. They lost one thirteen to ninety seven. That game, that, they came every single time the Lakers would come within ten points, they'd give up about two three threes, and all of a sudden, you know, it, it's back to being a 13, 16, 19 point margin all over again. I mean, they were they were so sloppy, and that game was unbelievable. So sloppy, and you, and you'd worry if you were a Laker fan. You know, no LeBron on the court. You know, it it it, it, it bother you. You know, the, I, I tell you, when LeBron did on Thursday night, I tell you something right now. That was not a, 
That was that was no that was not the Showtime Lakers under any circumstances. Um, with uh, Worthy, Kareem, Magic, that was uh, that was not a championship basketball. The Lakers played against the Rockets on Thursday night. I'm telling you that right now. Take a break. Story time. I tell y'all the story of uh, give y'all the lowdown of my high school graduation. Coming up right after this. Welcome back to the I'm Tell Like a T.I.S. podcast. Give me something different. Um, sit back, kick your feet up, relax, because it's story time, guys. Um, so in case you all don't know, um, I, at least I was, a senior in high school at Archbishop Curley High School here in, uh, here in Baltimore, Maryland. My original graduation date was supposed to be on my 18th birthday on Friday, May 29th, 2020, and because of COVID, of course, the graduation was suspended and ended up getting pushed back till Friday, July 31st. Um, you know, I'm pretty sure we were one of the last schools in the entire United States of America to, if we had our minds up to have a graduation, to have a graduation. Um, you know, because it literally was like at the last possible moment. I mean, our, my buddy, friend of the program, Josh Knapp, had to come back from VMI football workouts for the graduation because essentially most of everybody that was, you know, that made a mind up of going to college, you know, they were on their way beginning the next chapter of their life, and then they basically had to put the next chapter of their life on pause and go back to essentially rewind back their life so to speak to to put a ribbon on um on their high on their uh on the part of you know on their high school chapter of their life so give you a little recap to end the program why not something fun again i'll get to the couch football and major baseball with the corona and everything else and the cardinals and big 10 and all that i get to all that next episode i promise and any other big sports news that goes down with uh, the next couple of days. But um, I, I give you a recap. Um, I got a tuxedo, okay, for this school, you know, they don't do, um, they don't wear cap and gown, you wear a tuxedo. Same school my father graduated from, he was a class of 1996. So it t- tells you how, if you can do the math, how young he, how, yeah, how young he is. Um, he graduated in 96. Um, I was born in 2002, so uh, so uh, six years later, 
think about that for a minute. Six years after my father graduated high school, I was born. You know, can you see me six years later walking around with a kid? It ain't gonna happen. I tell you that right now. Um, but uh, but that's not a handle there. It gave you a tuxedo, a white white jacket, black pants with a nice uh, classy black stripe going down the pants leg. With you know what a white tuck you rented it of course with a white tuxedo uh, shirt, clip-on bow tie, and and of course I had my black, uh, my black loafers, uh, my black Steve Madden loafers, and my father, good job by him giving credit taught me how to shine them so I shined up my shoes because I typically those were my I had two I had three pairs of school shoes and those were one of my school shoes when I actually went to school um because that school in case you don't know it has a dress code you don't have to wear a uniform but you got to go there with a sport coat button down shirt tie you know slacks dockers khakis and and then decent shoes on so um so he taught me how you know he taught me how to polish those polish those uh, Friday afternoon. Got took a shower you know well I'm skipping. Got got my hair cut. Okay, now, I didn't go out to go get my father very skilled very skilled man very, very man of many 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 talents. Uh, cut my hair, uh, trimmed it all up. Um, took a shower. Taught me how to shine my shoes. Went up. Uh, went upstairs. Actually, I shined my shoes after. Or I shined my shoes before I took a shower. I'm skipping. Took a shower, got out. Uh, you know, lotioned, lotioned, and everything. Deodorant. Took care of my hair and everything else. Went went in my room. Got dressed. You know, in the tuxedo, everything else. You know, I'm playing Justin Timberlake suit and tie in the background. You know, kind of provide set the mood and you know set the mood and nice little background music you know me getting dressed in my suit and tie tuxedo and everything else um you know go downstairs take nine million pictures you know my mother i i, I guess you you all that are pants out there listening kind of understand it you know your kids graduating high school especially under this set of circumstances you want to capture the moment as best you can my mother likes taking nine thousand pictures and making my brother and sister dress up to be in them, even though that, even though because of COVID, only the parents were allowed to go to the graduation. No siblings, no grandparents, none of that. It was it was just it was just the parents or your two guardians that you live with. So you know my parent, my brother and sister, younger brother and sister, essentially got dressed up to take nine million pictures, only for them to to, uh, to take them off once we left the house. And I'm just taking pictures and everything else. So we leave, go down the place. Where I forget the cathedral, but it's supposed to be at a nice cathedral up not too far away from where my school is. They ended up moving it to the Timonium Fairgrounds and then a little indoor space. And uh, I, we get there. Me and they, they have... Uh, because alumni is such a big deal and tradition as far as being a man, everything else is such a big deal at that school. I'm not making fun of it; it's just the way it is. So, and me and my father, you know, we 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 arrived later than I wanted us to. You know, taking nine million pictures <clears throat> makes us late. And then, of course, you know, when essentially there's been no traffic for the majority of this virus, 
lo and behold, you know, you're traveling down uh, down the beltway to get there, um, and and lo and behold, it's it's, it's traffic, it's traffic, you know, five five o'clock, five thirty, and he, you know, on a Friday afternoon, like it's business as usual. So you get there late. We barely make it. We I'm when I mean we barely made it. Me and my dad literally had to enter. It was so. I've never you know I've done a lot of I've done a lot of things in my life. You know pissing myself not at the same school, but pissing myself on the bus. You know in the seventh grade, it said and made jokes that I probably shouldn't have said. Dance like an idiot. You know I've done many of things that would cause one to be embarrassed. But I had to be admit I I was a little embarrassed having to essentially interrupt the uh, the the seniors with their father's picture, uh, so me and my dad could get in at the last minute, take the picture, um, take the picture, go inside, sit down, go through the whole ceremony. Of course, to get the keynote speech speaker to give a dopey speech no one in America gives a crap about. And I'm sitting there, you know, taking everything in. I had I have all this stuff documented on my Instagram account on my, with my story. You can go follow me on Instagram at the J Shield, by the way. Um, and I'm sitting up here taking it all in, you know, and and because and be, you know, and I and the way we're supposed to do it, where we we're all supposed to sit up on stage, or or I should well because it's a it's a church, sit uh, up on the pulpit, you know, up up in, on the altar. And you know, and I'm supposed to have rehearsal and everything. Well, because it's COVID, they essentially have to rush the whole thing. So the graduates are sitting in the audience with the parents and teachers and everything else. And essentially, they had they had to ha- the school had to have faculty members, you know, walk around the uh, the auditorium, so to speak, and and motion to every to students in a particular section to stand up and 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 quietly walk your way over to the stage. It was, you know, for, for it not being rehearsed nine million times, we did an excellent job with it. Been a, you know, it was very, you know, it was very, uh, I guess, complicated would be the word to use. And it was a moment where, where you know, where towards as they got towards my my last name is Shield, so S is like, right, is is it's it's. It's middle. It's late. It's middle of the pack, but it's it's a little later, I guess you you could say, because it's S H, you know, H. You know, it's it's middle down. It's middle of the pack, but down the line in the alphabet. Um. So I was. I'm sitting here thinking. You know, these teachers scrambling around because because I'm sitting here thinking. Well, what if you know? Well, what if uh, someone you know it holds up the ceremony? Someone doesn't graduate when they're supposed to. Because the teacher can't recognize a student and can't find a student because we because we had no rehearsal time, and you know with it being a big school, not a big school with it being you know it's not Gristell Academy you know graduating class of forty five students you know it's got a hundred some odd kids in it, you know and not every teacher knows everybody's name or teaches or had or has ever ran into or crossed paths with every with every student. So or coached everything. So you know, it was, it was a moment where it's like you know, and and you don't want to interrupt the ceremony and you know and call out the teacher and saying you know I I'm this person. So you had to basically sit there and be quiet, and and pray and hope that that teacher somebody recognizes you or 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 knows your name or 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 
or the teacher that they're working with trying to get these uh, trying to get the kids organized you know recognizes oh hey well that's that person they got to go stand up and go get get in line in the front so it was very wacky considering that you know this this was essentially was impromptu no time no rehearsal time no necessary no planning with the students whatsoever it's just the way it is here's your graduation and away we go but that was, but that was the situation i graduated of course you know walked across the stage i didn't shake with corona you didn't shake anybody's uh you typically you shake you know the president of the school's hand the principal's hand the vice principal's hand the whole person who's i think you know the person's giving up the diplomas and then the guest speaker he didn't shake anybody's hand essentially i went up there on the stage grabbed the diploma opened it up took the mask off for the picture and walked off the stage I mean, typically in a regular graduation under normal circumstances you get there you shake everybody's hand and they're all huddled around and y'all put the arms around each other take, takes his hand or excuse me takes the picture and it's just me me and the people that i mentioned earlier in the background behind me and it's just me holding up my diploma uh, with my mask calf down because I wasn't, you know, I ain't messing around here, you know. I, I don't live in fear, you know, so to speak. I don't live in fear, but I, I'm, I, if I survive cold and flu season, I'm trying, uh, I want to make sure I survive this virus too. You know, I don't want to, the last thing I need or want is to be bedridden, you know, when sports are coming back and then life's going on and everything else and I can't enjoy it because I'm bedridden for 14 days because of, with a tube down my throat because of because of this virus so i ain't i ain't playing around so and then, and then everybody graduates you know they clap you know the parents all finally clap you know at the end with the applause the graduates eventually make their way out of the audience and go walk in and while the teachers are are clapping and fist bumping and elbow bump and everything else congratulations to students you know mo most of whom who hadn't seen each other and I'm one of them who hadn't seen most of my boys, my and my, my buds since uh, since um, March March 10th, March 11th. So it so it had been a long, long four months since I'd seen any of them in person, and it's been about two months since I've had any any interaction with most of them because because we had ended already. Of course, by that time, we'd ended in the middle of May. And we hadn't, you know, and, and there's no need to be contacting classmates to see what work has to get done when, you, when there's no school work to be done. So, you know, we're dapping each other up, you know, dapping each other, which I did. I had my mask on, but, you know, I, as long, as, I knew as long as I kept my hands away from my face and I hand sanitized when I got in the, got in the car, I, I, I think I said it's no big deal. You know, some of these people, you know, God forbid one of these guys you know, dies for the first reunion or I'd, or before COVID ends, whatever, and I'll rule the day that I won't get a chance to dab them up or hug them one last time. So I wasn't going to let a virus keep keep me from uh, sharing at least one more moment with, with my classmates. I have my mask on, but, you know, I'd be damned if I'm going to let the virus keep me from hugging and dapping up and taking pictures with my boys for at least one last time. And even if we do see each other again, It'll be a long time, and so much will, will you know, you want you, you don't want to live your life with regrets, essentially, is the point I'm trying to make. So I took pictures, took selfies, engaged in conversation, you know, and everything else. And you can see I uploaded all of that, 
all of that onto my uh, onto my Instagram page on at the J Shield. You saw I took selfies uh, with my with my man's Maurice, who's down at Coastal Carolina. My man said coo. Um, uh, Chris Odom Lee, who I believe is going to school at Xavier over in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Uh, and then, of course, my man Dev, who's going up to um, Marist College up in New York to go uh, score touchdowns for the Red Foxes. So we'll get into that. And, of course, uh, my main man, Josh Knapp, uh, who's going to go down to VMI and be a hard-hitting uh, white boy that plays safety, a la John Lynch, for that uh, for that football program. And, of course, uh, my man Mason, you see behind me, behind my right shoulder, uh, Ashalam Legum, Salam. And then, of course, my man Nick Krulak, behind me on the left shoulder, my uh, my McDonald's buddy, me and him, you know, before football practice, go out to the McDonald's around the corner and go get something to eat. And my man Krulak, and then, of course, uh, the darkest, the darkest uh, guy in, in the picture frame that's that face is cut up, my man uh, Jerry, uh, <laughs> over there on the far right with the glasses. So all of that you can find it on my Instagram page at the J Shield. Don't be afraid to give your boy a follow. But the meat, but the but and that's not even the best part yet. And then I get home, and then I get home, and then my parents give me a graduation gift, a new. Uh, 13 and a half inch MacBook Air and a pair of AirPods. So, all that's happening. All that's happening. And oh, by the way, my Orioles are winning for once. That was the first of, of three games that they ended up sweeping against the Rays. So, I'm sitting there flying, flying on July 31st. You know, graduated high school. I looked like a million dollars. Had, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm looking like sexiest man alive right here. And I'm sitting there, you know, going through pictures and everything, going, you know, what pictures I want to upload to my page and everything else. And lo and behold, and then some, and something in the back of my mind, you know, it's like it's saying, you know, it's saying something. And for those of y'all who don't know, I've brought her up a million times. One, one if you ask me right now, a woman that I want to end up with, you know, date, marry, share life with. It'd be the one and only, the gorgeous, the phenomenal, the highly intelligent, highly intelligent, sharp as a tack, bright, um, and just gorgeous Liv, Olivia, Liv Cowherd, Colin Cowherd's 20-year-old uh, daughter that goes to Arizona State University, um, and, and anyone that knows me knows that nothing, you know, get me, get me at, if you tell me I'm working at Sirius, Mad Dog Radio, doing NFL games for CBS and broadcasting MLB somewhere. And oh by the way, I'm may I'm making bank and Liv Cowherd is my missus. I I will take that in a heartbeat. But anyway, you know, some something's telling me that, you know, maybe I should I should DM her. And I've never DM'd her. You know, I've you know, I she's tweeted out a couple things. I've you know, replied back and she's liked a couple of replies, whatever the case, you know, so so she knows that I exist. So, you know, that's just you know. So, you know, you know, it is what it is, you know, you know, take your little small moral victories any way you can get them. Um so I'm sitting there being like, well, should I do this or should I not? So at ten eleven, same night before I uh, before I eat, 
you know, I hadn't eaten dinner yet, but before I eat, I sit up here, I take two pictures. I take a picture of me and my tuxedo with my hands crossed, straight face with the with the little Dwayne Rock Johnson eyebrow. Um, and I, and I, that's, and I, you know, so that's, that's one picture. I sent that picture and then I sent, that's before I left. And then when I came back, I had, I got a new pair of Armani exchange glasses because the Armani exchange glasses I used to have, um, I lost them back in December and I got new glasses before the graduation and I had got, and I had just gotten them earlier that day i didn't wear them in the graduation because i you know i didn't want i want to do that but i said you know what let me get a couple pictures of me with my tux on no tie shirt on button with my glasses on and then i'm taking you see me i'm taking a picture it's my new profile picture on my twitter and instagram pages of me with my glasses on straight face uh skin on moisturized and everything else hair on point uh tux on for the most part, fitting just right. I wish the the shirt was a little slimmer. You can see the shirts are very baggy, you know, from the side. I wish the shirt was. I know it's a rental, and they gotta make it for more than one person to wear it. They gotta, you know, make sure the person that's twenty five pounds heavier than I am can fit into the suit just fine. I wish the shirt was a little bit tighter, was a slimmer fit. But I'm I'm for what it's worth, I'm looking like a million dollars. I got the rose corsage on my left lapel. Shirts, uh, shirts unbuttoned, open just right. I take, I take those two pictures. I DM Liv Cowherd with the, with the caption, "You like what you see with the sunglasses emoji." I go downstairs. I eat, shower, open a gift, whatever it might be. Go back on, go back on my phone on my Instagram. Look at eleven, at eleven sixteen. So about an hour later, this, this, this girl, I'm telling you. Swear to God, says. So my question was, you like what you see, as in like you know you find you find your boy, you know, attractive in it. So she says, love. Now I know on its own it's not a big deal, but when you think of the context of the sentence, I said you like what you see. So she is essentially just saying, I don't like what I see. I love what I see. How about that? How about that? I'm telling. I'm telling. If 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 Alex Rodriguez can uh, fantasize about going out with J Lo when he was 21 years old, whatever it was, and now he's engaged to her, albeit 25 years later, whatever. If if he if he can get with Jennifer Lopez, and if Jason Momoa can get with his crush at the time when she was on, bouncing around on the Cosby Show, Lisa Bonet, look. Crazier things have happened, and you know, all things are possible. You know, if Jason Momoa can end up with his childhood crush and Lisa Bonet, and if Alex Rodriguez can end up with his dream date and engage to his dream date in Jennifer Lopez, who's to say that me and Liv Cowherd cannot happen? Now, don't I always will have a Ashley Graham will always have a special place in my heart, but 32 years of age with a kid, married for over 10 years. I'm smart enough to and 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 awake enough to realize that that ship has sailed. I always love me some Ashley Graham, but I, I, it's fair to say that Ashley Graham will not be the Mrs. Shields when that time comes. Um, so 
Liv Cowherd, of course, is uh, is in line. Um, is is not is number one at the top of my list, and um, and she will stay on, the, and she will stay number one at the top of my list until uh, I find or meet someone otherwise. So she says she loves what she sees. Have a great night, Jai. And I mean to tell you right now that made my freaking weekend. Until this. Until this. So I'm sitting here recording with YouTuber Poofesher, who we had on the program last week, and go check that out. Um, me and YouTube and We Gamer YouTuber Poofesher uh, chopped it up for about two hours uh, last episode. Go check that out right now. Subscribe to his channel and follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Poofesher. So I'm sorry about that with the mic. So I'm sitting there. So when when I record, I put all of my stuff on. I put my phone on Do Not Disturb, iPad on Do Not Disturb, my new computer. Now I put on Do Not Disturb. I put on Do Not Disturb and I put it on silent. So if someone texts me or if I get a bing or someone calls me, it doesn't interrupt me and it doesn't ring on on while I'm recording. So and when it's on Do Not Disturb and I have my phone open and unlocked, I don't get a notification of it unless I scroll unless I drag my screen down to the uh to the lock screen. So I'm sitting there, I'm recording Poofesher and in the th- and the audio in the recording timed out. When you're recording with someone you can only record a maximum up to two hours on uh on on the recording feature with uh if you want to record with someone on the anchor platform. So I'm sitting so I'm sitting there and I unlock my phone, you know, see any any alerts I got or whatever. And I go back and I look that at you know, that I had a fifteen second that I had a fifteen second voice message with uh with a two with a uh two oh three area code. New Connecticut. I'm sitting there saying, What the heck is this? And of course, on a, you have an iPhone on voicemail, you can click it and see and see the transcript of the message. And within the first five letters of the transcript, these two names were together: Christopher Russo. My inspiration my mentor my favorite personality in sports media called me and left me a voicemail wishing me congratulations I'll play you the voicemail as we, uh, I'll play, I'll play the voicemail to close out the program, but Christopher Russo, the man who essentially inspired me to become, to try to make it in sports talk radio, the man that if you listen to both of us, you see that you hear that there's a lot of mad dog in me. And he and he calls me and he leaves a voice message, wishing me congratulations for graduating high school. I mean, it's 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 something that I will never forget. 
as long as I live. Never forget. And then I call him back, leave a message, and then he calls me back after the Orioles finish sweeping the Rays at 4:30 that Sunday, and we have a and we have a nice two-minute conversation. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's something that I will re- remember, and I will you know maybe I can contact the feds. You know, they record everything. I can you know I can contact the feds and see if I can get a clip. Or get a tape of of the phone conversation between me and Doc. I still I still have the voicemail. If you, I will ne- I will never delete that voicemail. I mean, I will, ne- never. I will have that voicemail. I don't care if I'm ninety. If I don't care if I'm ninety three years old, and and it's the iPhone uh, thirty five. I will I will f- have that voicemail with me until I go six feet under because of that. Is so freaking awesome and so cool and just so memorable and just nice of him to do that I, I will never forget it as long as I live, never. And he, and he he didn't have to do that. He he chose time out of his day and you know and he's bouncing around, short you know which golfing at Shore Haven, playing tennis, getting his kids organized. Son Colin going off to Wisconsin and his daughter Kara going off to Notre Dame. He 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 couldn't he didn't have to do that. But he chose to. And I and I appreciate Dog and I appreciate him for doing that and I I, I thank Dog for it and it's something I will remember and cherish as, for as long as I live. And 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 I thought that Liv Cowherd answering, you know, me sliding into Liv Cowherd's DMs and her answering made my night. Made my weekend. When I heard that dog, when I found out that dog called, when I'm telling you something right now. The weekend of July 31st, 2020, to August 2nd, 2020, I'm telling you right now, one of the best damn weekends I've ever had in my 18 years of living. I, I had a better weekend graduating high school than I did on my birthday, believe it or not. But um, it's 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 just it's wow. Liv Cowherd and Chris Russo, two favorite people on the planet. One, I'm trying to. Uh, Slowly but surely, and it's a and it's a and it's a multi-step process. But one, I want to be the next Mrs. Shields, and the other one, who has inspired me and has been an inspiration to for me and to me, and has been a mentor for me, and has done things that I could never ever repay him for. Mad Dog, you are. Truly one in a million, man. You're one in a million. I want to thank you for listening to another episode of the Amatelic Italia's podcast. Good show today. Talk to you guys in the next one uh, next week. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it is. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatel underscore podcast, I believe, on Instagram. It's your boy, Josh Shields. Listen to the Mad Dog voicemail to close out the program, but I'll talk to you all next week. Take care.
Hi, Jay. Christopher Russo here. How are you? Congratulations. I saw the photograph. You are a high school graduate. I'm proud of you. I'll get back to you this weekend. Answer the phone. Great job. I'm proud of you. See you soon.